Hi, guys. Uh, Bill Farrell here, Rock Bottom to Recovery um, 2018. So um, we just closed out 2017. It was like two weeks ago we had uh, Dr. Ruth Pote on who uh, talked about addiction and how it affects the mind, how it affects the undeveloped mind, um, and um, which was a great way to end 2017. And so now as we kick off 2018, which we will be running the podcast every other Wednesday. So this Wednesday, not next one, the Wednesday after that. Um, so <clears throat> I, um, just to get uh, up and rolling, um, we, uh, or actually I, I grabbed some numbers for the state of Massachusetts on how many people we've lost in 2017. And, um, at, at the moment estimated, um, I think it was up to December, we lost 932 people, uh, confirmed. So they estimate uh, by the end of 2017, uh, we'll have um, estimation uh, another 491 to um, like 528. So they're estimating about 1,500 people will probably um, pass, you know, uh, when they do the numbers. But um, so that's why we're here. Uh, we're here to um, talk about addiction, talking about the uh, road to recovery, um, and um, we're starting it off with my guest co-host, Mike O'Sullivan. Do you have a nickname, Mike? I go by many things, but, yeah. but Mike's good. We yeah, go Mike, Mike is good. <laughs> I know everybody was probably expecting Sully. Yeah, Sully. Yeah, you go Sully's by Sully? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Depends so, where I am. Yeah. Mike's actually a Holbrook uh, man, just like myself. And um, Mike um, is um, – what, uh, Mike, what's the – what do you do for the Mountain Behavioral Health Center? So I'm the National Outreach Director of okay. Granite Mountain Behavioral Health. So are you, um, when you say the National Outreach, is that like how far to go all over? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So it's throughout the country. And um, so Mike is here to talk about that, um, the Behavioral Health Center, in Ar and it's out of Arizona, and they're up for the 2017 SAMHSA Award for Innovative Recovery Treatment, um, which is exactly what we're trying to do here with Rock Bottom to Recovery is really discuss about all those different roads to recovery. Um, if this is your first time in, um, we are live on Facebook. Um, you can also listen to us on iTunes. Um, and you can actually go to our Rock Bottom to Recovery Facebook page and uh, look at the uh, past uh, podcast that we had. Like I said, we have some live videos, and then also you can go to um, iTunes. And then, um, Zach, what's the, um, what is the other um, Podbean? Pod bean. Everybody loves beans, right? <laughs> I guess. So. What well, iTunes obviously is your best bet. So, um, but with that said, let's we're gonna jump in and uh, we'll talk to Mike and we'll see uh, what Mike has to say. And uh, so, like I said, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you um, get to become the um, the national outreach director for um, the Mountain Behavior Health Center? All right. Um, I guess I'll go a little bit with the origin um, of my background. Um, so my name's Mike O'Sullivan. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic addict, uh, five years sober now, um, with, you know, a backstory of seven years of trying to, you know, maintain sobriety. Um, so throughout this, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll just give a little bit of a background so people have an idea of, you know, um, who I am and what I do. Um, so I grew up in the South Shore. I, uh, you know, I had a, a good childhood, the whole nine. Um, decent athlete, went to college to play sports, um, 
And my sophomore year, um, I had an injury. Um, so basically at that point, it was almost like I had lost my identity uh, right. because that's kind of how I always like got through life. Yep. Um, so with that said, you know, the prescriptions and this, that, and the other, and, uh, not that the party lifestyle wasn't always there to some right. extent. Um, but this kind of accelerated the, you know, my journey through, uh, you know, using and whatnot. So was um, so it was the injury, and you, what did you do? Start, you took the painkillers? The Percocets, yeah. The Percocets. Yeah. And um, did you, um, obviously, it's kind of a stupid question, but, I mean, you didn't know, you know, you were just doing what every other athlete with an injury, you go to the doctors, yeah. and the doctor says, hey, there's some uh, pain killers to help you or whatever and that's yeah. sounded like that right yeah and, it, and it's not even necessarily um like every athlete it's yeah. just i mean that's that's especially then you yeah know, this is we're talking 12 13 years ago yep um so the education wasn't nearly what it is today right. behind you know prescriptions and whatnot um but that started the the progression of the downward spiral right. not like i said not not like the party scene wasn't there and not like I wasn't, you know, an active drinker on the weekends and, right. and whatnot. Um, but to some extent, um, without the sports, I felt like I had lost my identity, uh, my, my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I got my esteem through, you know, sports and the accolades and, and whatnot. And, right. uh, so th it was just an easy way to kind of cope and not, you know, deal with, you know, what I had been going through. Right. Um, and then the progression began, you know. Um, so, I mean, to fast forward a little bit, um, I basically went from, you know, a decent athlete with um, some potential to do some things uh, to a homeless drug addict within two years. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty and fast. I, and I had the family, you know, I had the family to support me. And luckily, as I get along in my story, you know, I have family that's gone through recovery. Mm -hmm. Um I have families that family that's in recovery. I had family that worked in the treatment industry, so I had some opportunity and roads that you know some may not have, and right. that's that's a big part of why I do what I do now. Right. Um, because not everybody has not just the education, but the understanding of of the process. You know. So basically, your family, um, you know, um, they were involved in recovery. They. Um, uh, uh, actually, all aspects of recovery. So you, you, for you, as you were struggling, you had a decent support network because they kind of understood where you were coming from. Yeah. Um, Did you do some crazy stuff? Yeah, it, was, it got pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Did your I, family hate you? Um, well, I thought they did. Yeah. You know, to to a to an extent. Um, see, part of the issue was, you know, my immediate family family being my mother and my father were. Educated in a sense, but they were still codependent. Yeah. Um, they were still kind of pushing the issue, and it took some family intervention from other sides where people had been in recovery to say, like, listen, this isn't this isn't how you do this thing. You know? So were they, they were just doing what parents do. Yeah. Right? They were trying to help you as best as possible, but and it really me. wasn't yeah. helping you. Correct? Yeah. yeah they yeah. were. And, and it's unfortunate that that is kind of the way that it, it's the norm. Yeah. Um, that's basically how it goes. And you want to, of course, they wanted to believe me when I told them that this isn't how bad it is. You yeah. Know? Um, but it took some things to happen to open their eyes, really. Right. You know, there was, there was some 
there was some severe cases where it was like, wow, there's no way we can't, you know, right. open our eyes anymore. Well, I want to just jump back real quick because you mm -hmm. mentioned something. I think it's very, very important uh, for people to understand is like you said you thought um, – they hated you. Yeah. And that's huge. And and I'm not saying like some families don't. Um, every family's different. There's so many dynamics when it comes to family and stuff. But I think the majority of the time, at least what I've experienced is that um, families are very forgiving. Um, families, you know, overall, they want you to do well. They want you to be well. And so I, I think if there's anybody struggling um, at the moment and they feel that way, um, you know, hopefully begin to think that, no, your family doesn't. They really do want to help you. They really want you um, to come to them. And, and I think it's, it's hard. I mean, like, what um, what did your family end up doing that really kind of forced you to? So basically it got to a point where, um, you know, they just stopped picking up the phone. Like, yeah. you know, the asking for, um, yep. the manipulation, um the different tactics that I thought were my out to that day of maintaining, yeah. um, they went away, you know? Like, they they really started to dive into the understanding of that, in some sense, they were making me sicker. Yeah. Um, and, and in some sense, that they were sick themselves, and they didn't know that. Right. You know? I think that's a big part of... Excuse me. Um, the the family part, and we can we can talk about all this, um, you know, throughout this. But the, you know, through the journey, the the family does, you know, they get sick as well. You yeah. Know, and there's and there's some healing that has to go on with them apart. You know. Yeah, and I agree. Um, and so, um, what did you do? How did you end up? So there's, I mean, that's like I said, there was a seven year window where. Uh, you know, I had had to bump my head some more. Yeah. Um, in and out of detoxes and treatment centers, and um, you know, I mean, not for nothing, I did pick stuff up along the way that I think right. ultimately ultimately led to um, me become me getting sober. Um, and I was I was awarded, you know, the gift of desperation because yep. all the roads were gone. Yeah. Um, but my true belief is that doesn't that doesn't have to happen. Right. You know, and and. It's unfortunate that the the language today is that, you know, he's not ready or she's not ready yet is a prerequisite to get sober because that's just not the case. And I've right. seen it, you know, yeah. I've seen it firsthand where, you know, you don't have to be ready, but you, you have to be willing to to try, you yeah. know, it, 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 and that's kind of the way things go, you know, it's like. You don't have to go through a hundred detoxes. You don't have to go through like all this pain necessarily, yeah. you know? So let me ask you, um, when you, like you said, you pick some things up along um, the detoxes that obviously, as they usually would say, planting seeds, where seeds were planted um, that helped you, which is, is another reason that this, this podcast came about is because, um, you know, they now believe that you're always in recovery. Um, and so that kind of speaks true to what you just said, like all along the way, all, all along um, those seven years, um, you were getting little things that probably got you a little bit closer to your just sobriety. Um, but how many detoxes were you in, do you know? Uh, I'd say over 20. Yeah. And um, what's the most you've ever stayed in one? 
so I was I went to a treatment program that was three months. Um, I ended up staying sober at that time for nine months. Mm -hmm. uh, that was my longest, you know, time in sobriety. Before, I, to be honest with you, going through the process in yeah. that seven years, I was sober more than I wasn't. Yeah. But um, the relapses kept happening, and, and, you know, jackpots kept happening. I started to get into a lot of trouble. Yeah. You know? what, what do you think, like, um, what if you if you could, I don't know, so you stayed sober for nine months, but then you would relapse. Mm -hmm. what, what, what were you doing that kind of kept you sober for the nine months? Is there anything in particular? Um, at the time, it was like, you know, I, I went into it with... You know the meetings and the sponsors and the home groups and 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 whatnot, but to some extent, a lot of it was a facade. Yeah. Um, to to kind of appease. Yeah. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, give people the, you know, the look that yeah. Mike's so going through the motions. Well. Yeah. 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 It was white knuckling it really. Yeah. You know? And um, and then um, you'd would would um, say trigger the relapse or anything in particular that it comes to the top of your head where. Um. So my. My thought process always goes back to um, I can be normal. Yeah. Um, I can go drink like others or, yeah. you know, just one drink or that's not my substance or whatever the case may be. Yeah. It was always a game that I played in my head to to try to use, really. Yeah. You know? And anything that might come along that might um, give you justification to do it. Yeah. Can, yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be anything. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you can make some. It's Monday. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. It can be anything. It's Monday. Everybody hates Mondays. Let's. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great reason. So yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so then what um, What was the final? What really likes from now? So you've been sober now for? Five years. Yeah. Five years? A little over five years. So what was it? What was the uh, what was the thing that finally said, okay, I gotta, I kind of gotta. I wish I, I mean, I wish I could put a finger on it, but it was like, you know, I was alone now. Yeah. Like there was no, there was no family. There was no, you know, send me this. There wasn't. There was none of that. And right. uh, I was left to my own devices. But like I said before, I had the knowledge of like, okay, this is what I need to do, and this yeah. is what people have told me before. So I was in a position where it was like. This is my only chance. Either that, or I just go back out to the streets. So, right. like, what, what, what's, what? Why not try it? So, basically, going through the motions and showing up, and then attaching to people that were doing the deal. Right. Uh, for me, was older guys. Uh, yeah. For guys that had been, you know, had long-term sobriety, and for for guys that really didn't tell me what I wanted to hear. And you know, at one point, I had a a, a friendship with a guy who said, "You can go drink anytime you want." Yeah, that was the first time I had heard. I don't, Mike. Really, listen. You can go drink. You can go whatever you want to do, but I you don't waste my time. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. And basically, I was like, oh, you know what? He's. I guess he's right. You know. <laughs> so I stuck around that guy. Yeah. You know, and that guy brought me through some situations and some feelings and some, some different things that arise that you know really stuck. Was he a sponsor or was yeah, he just somebody that you kind of? So I had a sponsor that was bringing me through the steps and whatnot. Um which the guy was great. Don't, yeah. Um, and he took, and he did a, a lot for me, but yeah. as far as like keeping me in the process was just a, a guy that I met at a meeting. Okay. Well, and so would you, uh, do you still do meetings now? I do. Okay. So, um, a meetings. Yeah. And, okay. So you do the 12 steps. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I, I mean, if we're going to speak 
bluntly, um, I'm not as involved as I should be. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of go in and out, but I always stay connected, and I always try to stay connected to the solution, you know. So let me ask you a question, because I, I think this is important, too, um, even in my own sobriety. So I, just a kind of update, and if anybody's listening, uh, I got um, um, sober in September of 1987. Yeah, I'm that old. <laughs> as you can see, I got the gray going, but... Um, and in that at that particular time, I didn't um, I didn't do AA meetings, but my family were um, you know they they were involved with AA, so they were kind of a good resource and a good support um, because like my father's been was sober, um, my uncles were sober, and so that was good. And I think even though I didn't really um, I didn't go, I, I learned things from them, seeing them go, and um, so they helped me kind of along my journey. I didn't do the AA, but I wouldn't take that. I wouldn't recommend taking that route. I just quit. Mm -hmm. And I don't really don't know exactly how I was able to do it because I was in the Marines. And in the Marines, you're like, you you work hard, you play hard. That's just, that's mm -hmm. how it is. Right. And um, so we played hard. And um, so I just realized at some point that um, I can't do this because I was either going to get myself killed or I was going to get myself thrown in the brig. And, um, you know, being in the service, a total different. It's a whole different world, you know. You're at the mercy of um, the Marines and, you know. But but, uh, but I did, like, I changed my environment. You know, that was huge. Like, there were people that I hung around with that I drank all the time. I considered friends, and they just didn't get it. They were like, come on, man, you can have one beer. I said, no, I can't. I can't do one beer because then it's it's all over. So I just began to hang around with the guys that were cool with it. And yep. they, you know, there was no, yeah, absolutely. They were like, great, you can drive the car, you know, <laughs> and that's that's what I did. And then... Watching them, I realized, wow, these guys are a bunch of jerks, man, when they're drinking. Mm. And uh, and then I realized, and so was I. So, but um, I like I environment is is just huge, and the people that are around you, and I think it's very important that people understand that. Like, you don't, you just you, you can't be around those people that um, aren't there to help you stay clean and sober, and it's just a. You have to kind of—I don't want to say kick them to the curb, but that's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is all about um, staying alive. Uh, I was going to make a point, and I just kind of no. Lost it, but, I mean, point made. Yeah. You know, so it makes um, sense. But I, you know, like you said, so oh, I do. I now I remember what the the uh, point was. Was that like you said? Sometimes you're in and out of it, and you're um, you, you probably should be in it more. Do you do you find sometimes like? Um, I used this example. My father's passed, so, um, but I remember I worked with them. We were doing, I've told this story many times, we're doing 70, 90-hour weeks in the laborers' union. Mm. So um, we're working on the uh, New England Aquarium, and it was nuts. I mean, like, we were tied. I was commuting with them. <laughs> we were at each other's throats, and we were driving home. We were screaming and yelling at each other. I remember he said, look, it, i got to get to a meeting tonight. I haven't been to one. We've been working crazy hours. I just got to get to a meeting because I'm on edge. And then I remember the next day was like a totally different guy. Mm. I was like, wow. Like for me, it was like, it just Keep like, going. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. He was just yeah. everything about him. He was just, re he was much more relaxed. He was peaceful. He was, he, you know, I was like, so for me, it was just like, wow, that's, it showed me in that moment, like how important and how needed the meetings were for him. Mm. And I say that meetings for him because Again, everybody's on their road to recovery. Some people are like, oh, I don't, I don't want to do meetings, and that's all well and good. Whatever, whatever gets you there, whatever keeps you clean and sober, that's what we want to do. This particular discussion, obviously, we do a. But what I wanted to ask you was, 
do you find when you haven't gone for a little while, can you feel there's a difference? So, uh, do you? Yeah, in a sense. Um, you know, I'm blessed with the fact that my wife's sober. Um, you know, a lot of my family's sober. Yep. So, I don't necessarily get out of the the, the principles of AA yeah. and, and live in, you know, the message, I guess you right. could say. Um, but for me, it's it's... You know, I got to find my balance, whether it's, you know, my hobbies or whatever, the, whatever it may be. Um, I need, I definitely have more self-awareness, yep. I would say. And I yeah. think AA is what gave me that, right. you know. Um, it let me dive into really who I am because I didn't know, you right. know. I, I really didn't. Um, I thought I did. And, and who I thought I was wasn't really who I was. It was right. just who I was telling myself I was. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I owe my life to AA, you know, that's awesome. and, that's, and that's the truth. Um, and I try to pass that on to, that message on to others. Even 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 if you're struggling with the thought of AA, um, being open-minded to at least giving it a shot. Because, right. you know, I, I hear all the, you know, all the excuses of, you know, I'm not a God person, I'm not this. Yeah. And it's like, it's not about that. Right. It's not a... It's about whatever you want to make it about, but it's about going through the motions and the process and doing things that you don't necessarily want to do because they're good for you, you know? Um, And I I just recommend it, especially in early recovery, because, you know, you're at least around people that are going to support what you're trying to do. Yeah. I was just thinking then, as you said, that you got to get yourself around the people that that are clean and sober. Like you said, like it was the older guys, Mm. you know, for you. Yeah, You mentioned that. And it's good because they've been there, they've done that, and... I'm sure, you know, you must have looked at a couple of uh, older people and said, you know, see their lives maybe a little bit better and want that for yourself, I would assume. Without a doubt. Has your wife ever seen you? uh, Did she know you when you were? So we used together, actually. Oh, you Um, did? Yeah, I kind of introduced her to that world, unfortunately. And uh, we went uh, separate ways for years. And uh, I had been at a meeting and... I was often on contact with her. I I didn't really have touch with her. And so I'm sitting in a meeting and I'm like... A couple weeks sober and I'm like like freaking out you know yeah. just like don't know what to do and all of a sudden she comes in to chair the meeting and I'm like wait what <laughs> like, where, where did she come from um so we got talking and whatnot and we kept contact and uh from there on out like we kept you know we built a relationship um sober that's you know? awesome yeah that's awesome yeah that's cool. How long had she been sober before? She like, was sober before I was, yeah. Yeah, no, no, but how long? When, Like you said, you saw her, she came in, and you uh, had pro- a couple. Uh, how long? Meaning, had she been sober before? Uh, uh, like a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had been sober like a year, and then I saw her, and I, like I said, I was a couple weeks sober. And we just kept in contact, and then eventually we got together and hung out, and it, and it went blossomed into a yeah. relationship. And now That's we have awesome. a beautiful nine-month-old baby, and, we, you know. Congratulations. Yeah, it's a lot. See, great things happen when you're sober, correct? For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, boy or girl? Girl. Okay. Mm. Yep. Good luck, man. Yeah. My brother has <laughs> four girls. Yeah. Yeah. He's not watching right now. He's probably off working somewhere. Yeah. yeah. He has, he has <laughs> so, to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so why don't you, um, so, all right, so now you got yourself clean and sober and everything. How did you end up connecting into the uh, Mountain Behavioral Health Center? Okay, so, I mean, there is a little bit of a backstory before that. Well, like, share I, it, brother. Share it. So I've been doing, I've been doing, um, I'm stuck somewhere on my own okay. shoe or something. Uh, We're live, so yeah, this is what good. happens. This so is good. all good, right, guys? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been, like, once I, you know, got sober, um, I connected 
I tried to connect with people and, and, and help them, you know, on their road to recovery right. and just be supportive and whatnot. And um, I found that I could be a resource to the community through the, you know, the act, the treatment industry because mm -hmm. I had connections to my family and whatnot. And uh, over the years, I started connecting people with scholarships and treatment centers and parents and conversations right. and getting, you know, into the, the whole world of it. And, uh, you know, through that, um, I started working like as an outreach guy, um, mm -hmm. and eventually I got involved with these guys um, because, I mean, there's a million treatment centers in in, right. in um, the nation, but in many of them good, some of them bad, but you know most of them are trying to do the right thing, and right. you know they provide a gr good quality of care and whatnot. But these guys were doing something different that I hadn't seen, which was. Um, so the basis of the program is it's a neuroscience-based program, a lot of the psychology of things. And uh, how we do that is, is implementing fitness into the, the clinical and medical side of things. And um, when I say fitness, it's like a community fitness in the morning, and it's like structured fitness, and they call it. Um, so the, the name of the programming is called Recover Strong. Um, Recover Strong programming is basically the integration of neuroscience and fitness with the clinical medical, um, you know, which other most treatment centers do, you know, they do the cognitive behavioral therapies yep. and they do the EMDRs and whatnot and, uh, you know, proven models of, of, uh, behavioral health. So through that, um, Granite Mountain was a treatment center, Recover yep. Strong was a program, right. and then we integrated the two of them to become Granite Mountain Behavioral Health and Recover Strong. Um, and... So the basis of like when I say neuroscience science community is so there are some um, scientific the scientific data behind what you know exercise does to the brain right. and uh, the neuro regeneration and regrowing synapses in the brain and in it we found that it makes people more receptive to the treatment process you know not just from the their own individual chemistry standpoint but from a community standpoint um, bringing in. You know, you have your community exercise in the morning, and the guy that's been there 30 days has taken that kid that walked in the door yep. and walking him through the program. And the whole that whole community correlates into the into the treatment process okay. and into the therapeutic process and into what we like to call a transformative process as, mm -hmm. as opposed to compliance. Um, compliance being basically every model that's out there. Right. Um, you walk in the door. If you do X, Y, and Z, like, you're no longer welcome. Right. And we... I don't want to say we welcome those behaviors, but it's it's a uh, it's an opportunity f to do the, for the therapeutic process um, to really dive into the behaviors as yep. opposed to, I mean let's be, I mean let's be realistic about it. The that's the reason why most people are there, right. you know, the behaviors, right. um, and to really dive into the behaviors is is what we believe in, you know. So when you say behaviors, let me just um, would it be almost like um, creating new routines, kind of in a way. Yeah, and Deal, obviously, yeah. I mean that's just kind of a very no, you that know, makes sense. Simple, uh, but you know we've created bad habits. Now we need to kind of create some new ones. Obviously, it goes a little bit deeper than that because I I would say like exercise. I like to exercise myself. Um, I always feel good afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it releases what endorphins? Yep. Is that what it is? Yeah. Um, which is kind of same as is getting high, right? Mm -hmm. But you're releasing even more, um, which is why it's so addicting. Um, but um, so I, I guess 
So like you said, you you come in in the morning and and kind of begin to exercise and yeah. So you go in like everybody does the community workout together, and obviously people are at different places. And right. and I want to clarify that it's not like an exercise program. You yeah. Could, I mean, we've had people that are eighty-five. Yeah. We've had people that are overweight or whatever the yeah. case may be. Um, it's basically just getting the body moving and the brain moving and supporting each other in, within a community environment to, to empower yourself. So what you know? would that look like, that morning exercise? Is so, it a little bit different than what I used to do in the Marine Corps? Yeah, probably a little bit you different. You don't have anybody standing over somebody, some yeah. old lady going, push up, yeah, push up. Going, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. but, but actually, in a, I mean, I guess you could say in a sense, yeah, because yeah. it's like you want to – where. Our goal is to empower people. You know, right. it's not to to break them down because of behaviors and and really like encourage each other to become you know more have more self esteem because the right. only way to have self esteem is through esteem of acts. You know, right. and to and to get up in the morning and do something you don't necessarily want to do, um, and you get the body moving and the brain moving and you interact with others and right. you know encourage each one another and. And then you go through the therapeutic process. Then you would go to the treatment center. You go through your clinical, your individual therapies, your group therapies, right. and kind of work on you know supporting each other and changing behavior and changing environment and mm -hmm. changing you know all of the things that we've talked about um, in a transformative pro uh, you know in a process where it's like it's okay that you did X, Y, and Z, but right. why? You know, right. like why? And and how did that make you feel? And how can we support you in order for you to not ha have to do that? Right. You know? Well, I suspect, you know, well, I don't suspect, I know. There's just, people must come in feeling so guilt-ridden mm. and, um, and traumatized from the things that they've had to do um, just to feed their addiction. Um, and so is that like you guys would kind of get into those things so they can like kind of, not feel guilty anymore to understand that exactly i've done this and yeah you know i'm okay you know 100 percent. yeah you know and we do a lot of trauma therapy and we deal with a you know the severe mental health side of things as well yeah. and i mean there's a lot of things that we do within the the spectrum i mean we have a gambling track we have there's a lot of different things that we do but the basis of it is to try to you know transform the person into becoming empowered and you know right. esteem and and on the road to long-term recovery, right. you know, not just get out and, you know, figure it out. So how long, um, how long do the programs usually go for? So there's a bunch of different tracks. Everybody's circumstances are different. You know, everybody, everybody's resources and whatever the case may be. Right. So we, we try to tailor it to the individuals and, and, and then, you know, we have a 30, 60, 90 day track. Um, like I said, we have the gambling track. We have right. an athletic specific track for, you know, professional athletes and whatnot. But the, uh, the the basis of it is trying to find out, you know, get the person in there, get them assessed, um, start the process because you don't, no one really knows what someone needs until you right. start getting until into you it. Get in there, yeah, so. um, and then basically going from there and trying to, you know, work out, you know, how long your process is going to be, and then what your aftercare is going to look like, right. and then implement the aftercare while you're still in, you know, the the treatment process. So the aftercare, how would that work? So say like somebody, so it's uh, it's in Arizona, yep. correct? Yep. So they would go to say somebody from Massachusetts goes to Arizona, yep. they go through the program, whatever. Uh, do they have like an aftercare program back here, like that they can stay involved with? Yep. So that's that part. Work? That's part of um, what I'm developing. Um, I've done a lot of the development of like professional relationships, mm -hmm. um, EAP programs, and and whatnot. Um, 
human resource programs with the corporations, and I'm trying to implement like the community aspect right. um, and in return aftercare with you know private practices for therapies or um, there's a place in Boston called Phoenix Multisport. They're in um, Boston Medical Center. They actually just bought a building in New Market Square, and uh, it's you know it's free gym for people that are sober. Um, wow. That's excellent. Yeah, they have a really really strong supportive group, um, and we're trying to work to collaborate with them and then collaborate with you know I have a lot of relationships in the halfway house field. Mm -hmm. um, so implementing, you know, going to a, a safe, you know, halfway house right. um, to, to reintegrate. And then I try to work with the individual, you know, and, yeah. and try to see where they're at and what they're into and, you know, the type of people that they feel most supported by and getting them plugged into the right meetings or support groups right. or whatever the case may be. So basically know. getting them, like we just said, I just said earlier, like uh, just getting them back here and getting them into a positive routine. Yep. While they're already coming from, right. you know, this. Yeah. They, they've literally got a... Grown this foundation. Yeah, a nice, solid foundation. Mm. Well, I don't know, solid, but a good foundation yeah. to get them steady and moving forward. Right. Interesting. I like that. That's good. Um, what else? Um, we're, we're looking at about two minutes and 12 seconds. I mean, I can do this all day. But I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> as you can see, we got a little note that says, go longer the clock. And it says, we can go longer if we want. What do you guys think? You liking what you're saying? Let's give a thumbs up. And I'm four, saying that to four uh, people. Come on. We got Someone four people something. watching us. <laughs> and I think one of them just dozed off. Yeah. So um, I see. No, I'm only joking. But no, I mean, my I mean, my hope is to just be, I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not a, just a, an outreach guy. You know, right. I, I want to be a resource to the community. I, I realize that everybody's circumstances are different and everybody's. You know, not everybody has, you know, the means or whatever the case may be to go to long-term treatment. Um, but I, I do have a lot of relationships within the local area or um, a lot a lot of treatment centers within the country that, you know, they also, we offer scholarships and I know a lot of places that do. And right. I mean, those are all about timing, but basically just trying to be, you know, an added resource for the community, whether whether it just be to like talk to the mom and, and, and try to help her realize that like, you know, my goal is to have the tough conversations that a lot of people don't want right. to have. You know, right. I want to have the conversations with the parents and be like, your kid's lying to you. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I yeah. don't want to lie to you too, you know, like, and really dive into the, the reality of the situation, you know, right. because I feel as if a lot of people, you know, you go to detox four times in a year and then it's like, oh, can we get them in another detox? It's like, why don't we have a different conversation? Yeah. You know, like, I know you don't want to have it and, and neither do I, but yeah. it's my, it's, I feel it's my duty as someone that does this, you know, on a professional level to have the conversations that people don't want to have. And you know? you've been there. Yeah. And you're clean and you're sober, you know, so, um, it's good, you know, and like I said, it's great that you came on. Um, so again, more importantly, we want people to know, like, yeah, there, you know, if you're still struggling, you can, you can do this, and there's 100%. resources out there. And so, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, Mike, how do they call me? Call you know, you? my number is seven seven four three six zero zero six four one. I'll post it everywhere you want. I mean, you can you can email me, and we can do whatever. But like, I like to have the conversation, you know, to see how I can help. Right. Um, we can do the text thing, the email thing, I mean, if necessary. Um, but anybody is more than welcome to call me at any time. So, and, you know, we'll post that, you know, we'll post that onto the um, yeah. the description when we um, edit it and everything. Um, 
And if you're from Holbrook, I just want to um, reiterate, not just not just Holbrook, but anywhere, um, I really recommend that the people of each town really get involved with, like, these coalitions like, you know, Holbrook Cares and all the other ones that are out there because these are the people that make the difference, you know. Um, and these are the people that can give you value to the community and resources and whatnot. And, uh, I mean, I've seen over the years, I, I came in and out, you know, trying to be of, of service uh, like a year ago. And, and, I mean, this place is, this pl these people are unbelievable, you yeah. know, and, and what they're doing. And they're, they're always there regardless of who's walking in the door. And, and I mean, that's how communities get better. So I, I, I suggest that everybody, you know, that can support, you know, groups like this in their local community because, I mean, no one knows what's going on. I mean, we all grew up in the same, yeah. you know, you walk out of the house and everything's okay, but that's just not the reality. So, I mean, to have these conversations is, is the key to, you know, getting communities healthy. Well, we had, I had Senator Keenan on last, last year and, um, you know, cause he's, I saw him everywhere. He was out, he's advocating, he's, he's changing He's legislation wise, he's changing things, mm -hmm. um, or he's big part of it and really a, a voice in the community. And I'd asked him, I'm like, what do we do? Like, I mean, we're losing thousands of people. Like, you know, I think in December, if I remember correctly, across our country, 60, I think we're at 61,000 people, 61,000 people in December, um, you know, um, that we lost in, in the year before it was like 59,000. I mean, this this is that those numbers are nuts, and you know we, you're right. I think it it begins in the community. It's these grassroots um, coalitions, these people that started because they see it in the community and they're just done. We got to do something. Um, it's it's um, it's so needed. Like we in in just in Holbrook, and um, I got these numbers today. As of December thirteenth, in Holbrook, we had one hundred and fifty five saves this year. Five of them were fatal, and I know over the last two weeks leading up to the holiday, um, I know we had more because I have a friend that texts me, um, and but I had asked Senator Keenan, I'm like, what do we do? Because it gets frustrating, you know. You feel like no matter what you do. Um, you're just not making any um, leeway, and, and you just feel like you're stepping back. But we're not. We're actually, we are doing it. And, and he said it really starts with us, the people that are in the trenches. And, and more importantly, the people that are living with their family members to, to get out and into your community. I mean, we're on, Holbrook Cares is on Facebook. I mean, just go to the page, message us if you have a question or, or track down Mike. Call him on his phone. I'm going to call him as soon as I... Yeah. I'm going to call him every day just like, hey, Mike, I got your number off the Facebook page. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, <clears throat> and, he, and, he, and it was good because I needed to hear that. And I think people needed to hear it like, don't, don't stop. Just keep moving forward and, and more people will begin to get involved. More people will get educated. Just, you know, like you said, the seeds get planted. And, um, and we do know that. Like um, we, we started Hope Our Kids. Um, we had no clue. We had no clue other than we wanted to do something in the community to 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 to, to make a difference. And, and one thing led to another, and now three years later, we have the Bulldog Cares, which is a bunch of high school kids who this year are going to be tackling the substance um, uh, abuse um, addiction and how it aff the addiction affects us and everything. So awesome. And that came out just because a couple of Holbrook Care members went to one of the middle schools 
and talk to them about addiction. And we were talking about uh, monster drinks and stuff like that. And, you know, we, we did a little research and everything, but we got out there and we did the work. And, um, and now this is a result of that. And, um, you know, so we just, <clears throat> excuse me real quick. Like you were saying, there's so many resources. So I am going to mention, like, Hobart Cares meets the first Tuesday of the month in the town hall, um, 7 p.m. I mean, again, if you're looking for anything, you can just go right to the Hobart Cares Facebook page. And then we have a, um, the Hobart Drop-In Center, which is just free recovery services. We have resources, and we meet the second um, Monday of the month. Actually, we're meeting twice now. Um, this month, the 8th and the 22nd, and that's at the Brookville Baptist Church right here in Holbrook. Um, also, you can get that information on the Holbrook Cares page. Um, and that's just resources. And I know we, we just did some knock-in training um, at the town hall um, at our last um, Holbrook Cares meeting, and it was packed. It wasn't really? It was packed, yeah. It was, a, it was just, it was good. It was yeah. good to see people out um, and getting involved. So we are making progress, and maybe 2018 we get a little bit, closer i think the more we educate and and may, uh, bring awareness that uh, people will make um smart decisions and actually they do because um we were talking about the kids smoking um just in general like, yeah like yeah. so like when i when i was growing up i started um first thing i started to do was smoke and then smoke some marijuana uh, no i didn't ma and um um and then drinking, and then you know, it, you know, we did a yeah, bunch of different drugs, cocaine, yeah, yeah. mescaline, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it started like with addiction, and as you know, like with when the mind, um, there's several um, factors to addiction, like it being hereditary. Um, the mind doesn't develop until the age of 24, 25. So you're creating these these reward pathways. Which, um, if anybody wants to really know. Um, you can go back la to the episode with Dr. Ruth Pote, and she ta does this whole talk about the brain and addiction. She actually, I, we're going to have her come April 26th awesome. and speak. But, um, I'd love to meet her. Yeah, I mean, she was just, she's great. And when you begin to understand those things, it really makes a lot of sense. So um, cigarettes and everything, people start smoking at a young age, and it becomes an addiction. It becomes, that, like you were saying, uh, a routine um, like we, you know, like system, when I quit yeah. smoking, I remember the biggest thing I realized is I wasn't doing something with my fingers, right, you know, right. but, um, so because of education and we learned how bad cigarettes were, um, over the years, I mean, people dying from cancer, still dying from cancer and everything. Um, it's down to 84%, 84% of the kids don't smoke anymore. Unbelievable. And so just then that's education. That's like, education. Yeah, like a, putting the mention, um, getting that information out there, giving it to our youth. Cause that's why I'm here because I don't want our younger generation to make the, this, the bad decisions that we made. I'm sure you're the yeah, same absolutely. thing. And we know if we give them the proper information, they'll make the best decisions. And, and when you they don't do have that, to. yeah, you, know, you, know? you don't have to go through it. And then, um, and so, of course, now we're trying to deal with the opiates, and then they just throw in the whole um, marijuana thing, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to address in 2018 because I know I got some friends out there that don't necessarily agree with me yeah. on it. But um, so that's one of the things I want to tackle. Again, just to put information out there, you might not agree with me or I don't agree with you, and that's all well and good. Um, we're just trying to educate ourselves, put the information out there, and um, and let you decide what's best for you. But So, Mike, as we end this, would you like to share anything? Um, 
I mean, nothing in particular. Yeah. You know, um, I think it's just the biggest thing for me always is like, you know, if, if there's parents out there, if there's kids out there that not necessarily watching but might, you know, get anything out of this or anything that they watch like this, it's, it's just that, you know, you don't have to go through it alone. Um, there are resources, and that's the most important thing, you know, whether you – whether you use them or not is up to you, but knowing that they're available is is something that needs to be put out there. Yeah, and it might just start with a simple message. Send a message, um, ask a question, and um, whether it's through us, the Holbrook Cares, or or Mike or whatever. But but we're around. We're here in Holbrook, and uh, you can track us down. We're not too hard to find. I'm yeah, sure, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm an, I'm an easy guy to get a hold of. What's that? I'm an easy guy to get a hold yeah. of. Yeah. So we're very easy to get a hold of. And I just wanted to point out as we end. Um, check out that background there, Mike. So it's just so people that if you were listening on iTunes, so we have a little um, background uh, TV behind us, and it's uh, the palm trees. I can almost feel it. You can yeah. the waves are actually moving, yeah. and it's a sand. It's actually quite beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Which is nice since we're about to get slammed tomorrow with like ten to fourteen inches of snow. Yeah. So <laughs> put this on tomorrow. Watch the um, watch our uh, podcast and. Um, Let's see. Uh, Please reach out if you have any questions. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Mike, if um, just um, what can they do? Can they message you? What do you have? So, Is there a yeah? So my uh, again, my phone number seven seven four three six zero zero six four one. My email is Mike M I K E dot O'Sullivan O S U L L I V A N at Granite G R A N I T E M O U N T A I N bhc.com. That's my email. It's that was kind of, pretty good. It's, it's a little ridiculous, but uh, <laughs> uh, you can reach me. And, yeah, honestly, Facebook, Instagram, whatever the case may be. Uh, call Holbrook Cares. Everybody there has my number. Uh, and we're gonna put it up. We'll put it up on yeah. all that information. Yeah. But I just want to say, after you um, you did that old email list, I just felt like yelling out "supercalifragilisticexpialidocious" because <laughs> there was so many letters in there. <laughs> I don't even know if it's right. To be honest with you. We don't know if it's right, but it will be once it's on the uh, yeah, on the page. But um, that's it, guys. So uh, the the uh, snow was coming i am going to um put um our schedule up for the rock bottom to recovery podcast um uh, future um guest speakers co-hosts we're gonna have mike come back and co-host you'd come back right yeah of course yeah well, well what we do is we'll have you back we're gonna skype in some people from you know other parts of the country and they can share like we cool. did last year we had a uh, adam jasinski from big brother he was a season winner of uh, uh, nine yeah and he spoke about mental health because he was dealing with that. And yeah. He had a crazy story. Did it he? was, yeah, it was pretty funny. Uh, that wasn't funny that he was an addiction, but he, yeah. he was a great, um, great guest uh, speaker to have on because um, he was very, very entertaining and yeah. stuff um, and doing well. So, but um, that's it, guys. So thank you for watching. We appreciate it. Like I said, go to um, Rock Bottom to Recovery um, podcast uh, Facebook page. Like us, share us, spread the word, um, stay and stay warm. Bye, guys. <laughs>